And in this week's episode of Everyday Inspirational Podcast, I will be speaking to the lovely Terry Canstead, who is a narrative coach and works with people to turn obstacles into opportunity using their stories and limiting beliefs, as well as running workshops and including the Practical Happiness Workshop. And her story is all about turning obstacles into opportunities, the power of our story. So welcome, Terry, to the Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Can you tell me, listeners, a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do and where you're from? Hi, Samantha. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you just said, my name is Terry Kenstead and um Among other things, I'm a narrative coach, so I have one-to-one conversations with people about their mindset, addressing the stories that they have, or the beliefs they hold that might be holding them back in life, and trying to work with them to create a more sort of happy outlook on life. Wonderful. And would you be able to uh, share your inspirational story with my listeners today? I'd love to. So um, originally I'm from Denmark. So in case you're wondering about the accent, even though it has nothing to do with Denmark, I moved to London and I picked up quite a a posh English accent at one point. And then I moved to Australia and it changed entirely. And now I live up in Scotland and I cannot pick up the accent at all. So I just call it confused. Um, But um, yeah, so I grew up in Denmark and um, When I was about eight, I changed schools. I went to a big public school and I was diagnosed with dyslexia and they didn't have the time to help me with that. So my mom moved me to a private school instead, which in Denmark isn't quite the same as in the UK. It's got nothing to do with a posh degree. It's got to do with a small environment where there's more special time for the individual. So I got the the special attention I needed for my dyslexia, which I'm very grateful for today. But it also started a a journey or a story, if you like, of being bullied. And so being eight, nine, 10, and every day walking into a classroom, I never knew what to expect. I never knew if I was gonna, it was gonna be a neutral day, or it was gonna be a really bad day, or it was gonna be a good day where I was within crowd, if you like. And so um, I kind of learned to become invisible and not speak up and delete the bits about me that were too quirky or people didn't find acceptable. And it started a a story within myself of of not being worthy, of not being likable, not being allowed to be seen or to be heard. So indeed being on a podcast like this is uh, going against all these beliefs I grew up with. Um, And I took that story with me. So when I went to college, I would say again, it was a more mature kind of bullying. It was just being left out, not included to parties or in in certain groups. Um, And I went to workplaces again, I would tend to fall out with colleagues. And I had this mentality of of poor me, why does this always happen to me? Um, and, And now with all the work I've done, I realized that I had to take responsibility for the role I played in creating these environments but we'll get back to that maybe a bit later in the story um so when I was about 21 um all my peers set off to university or got work placements or or something along those lines and I just thought it sounded like the most dreadful thing in the world to have to 
go and get a degree and then do that job for the rest of my life. Um, so I kind of ran away from responsibilities in adulthood and I started traveling the world. And um, I met this guy from New Zealand and uh, we got together and we started traveling together. And in 2008, we got engaged. In 2009, I left a job I was in, uh, again, quite a horrible work environment and hadn't quite realized the extent of the financial crisis at that point. So I struggled to find another job. Um, in the midst of that, uh, me and my fiance went to New Zealand, uh, brought my mom for my mom to meet his family uh, before we carried on planning for the wedding. And during that trip, um, they went for a walk. And when they came back, they were both acting quite weird. And uh, that made me feel quite weird. And the next day he was staying with his dad and my mom and I were staying with his mom. And my mom says to me, are you guys all right? And I'm like, mm, I don't know, he's behaving quite weird. I'm gonna have to have a chat with him when we return to London. And she was like, well, he told me something yesterday and he told me I couldn't tell you, but you're my daughter and I can't lie to you. I can't not say this. And I was like, what, what's going on? And she said, well, come Monday when you're back in London and I've back, I'm back in Denmark, he's going to break up with you. And I just, yeah, <laughs> became speechless and then started sobbing and then called him and went, what's going on? What's this? Um, and to add to the weirdness of it, he got quite annoyed that my mom had broken her promise to him. Um, so that kind of spoiled the rest of the trip and we got back to London and because I'd lost or had left my job, I didn't have the means to stay there and packed up my stuff and I moved back to Denmark. And safe to say I was heartbroken. He was the love of my life. Um, I had designed my life after what he wanted, the future he wanted, very happily compromising or giving up um, for this relationship. And it took me a while in between all the sobbing on my mom's floor to, to realize that I wasn't just crying over the breakup. Um, I was also crying about the past that I felt I had kind of lost because I, at that moment I thought I'm never going to want to look back at all these travels we did or the photos and remember these things because they were with him and it was too painful. And I also thought about all the time that at that moment felt wasted on this relationship, um, the compromises I'd made. And then I cried over the future that I'd lost over the life we had planned together and how I thought everything was going to pan out and having lost all that as well. And um, in amongst all of that, I had some great support. I had a, a friend in, in Edinburgh who said, come and visit me for the weekend. So I went to Scotland, cried some more. <laughs> and um, her and her boyfriend at the time were super supportive. And they told me stories of their heartbreak and how they overcame them. And surprisingly also told me how they hadn't really liked him. Um, and, and surprisingly, because I had carried the story with me since childhood that I'm not a likable person. And he seemed to make friends wherever he went. And because he was you know, the apple of my eye, I thought uh, he couldn't do anything wrong. Um, and so I was very surprised to get this perspective that they liked me and invited me up for the weekend, but they actually hadn't liked him. And it started putting chinks into this story I was telling myself. 
Um, and that weekend, uh, my friend also took me on a tour of a university and she pulled up uh, the application for applying for psychology, a degree I had wanted since I was a teenager. Um, I, I, I sort of say, but it's very cheeky, it's, it's tongue in cheek, but I say I've always wanted to study psychology and counseling since I was 12 because people would then tell me their secrets and I like being told people's secrets but much more than that as a teenager I was so confused about the world around me I was confused about my own feelings why people behave the way they did why, why do people bully and so I had this deep need to understand the world around me and why people were the way they were and why I was so unhappy all the time and had such a rubbish relationship with myself. So I've always been drawn to the subject, um, but I hadn't been able to get in in Denmark because you have to have straight A's and with my dyslexia and the way the system was at that time, dyslexia being very misunderstood, you didn't have all the aids that you have nowadays. I just didn't have the average and I thought I'm never gonna be able to achieve this dream of mine. So she pulled out the application form, turned out I had the average to get in in Scotland and um, we filled it out then and there, we sent it off. She then also pulled up some jobs for me. I applied for them and within the month, so this is about two, three months after the breakup, I had relocated, relocated uh, to Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, I had gotten a job working for a sailing school full of um, very young and handsome men and uh, I'd gotten into university. And that was the beginning of a complete transformation of my life. It was, it was slow at first because I still had a lot of learning to do, a lot of the old story to get rid of. Um, and I'm still trying to get rid of some of those hangups from the past. But in 2009, I started my bachelor's in psychology and graduated in 13. I had got the bug now to understand humans and wanting to work with other humans. So I went on to study counseling and set up more in private practice in 2017. And then threw in a coaching diploma as well um, and finished off with a, a master's in psychology. So um, been doing this for quite a few years now, um, working one-to-one -one with people, having these philosophical, transformational conversations, trying to get to know people's stories and then change the story, if you like. So for years, I told the story of having an unhappy childhood um, and yeah, growing up being bullied, not having a good relationship with my dad who was very critical. And again, more of that poor me narrative. And um, in 2013, I met a, a new guy uh, and wanting to impress him, um, I told my story in a light that was much more joyous. And I took him back to my, the island I grew up on and uh, took him on a tour on the island. And at that point, just, you know, we just started dating. I wasn't gonna go and that's the place where I got bullied and that's the place I got rejected, you know? So it was all like, oh, that's where we played hide and seek till midnight in the summer. And there was lots of kids on the road and it was a safe place to grow up. And, and that's where we would go sailing and, and took him to a house, which is fairly standard in Denmark, but compared to his story of growing up in a bit more um, 
restrictive money-wise environment. His story was of a much smaller house. His story was it wasn't safe to play in the streets. And so in comparison, this house was huge. Our garden was huge. The opportunities I'd had were far better than the ones he'd grown up with. And telling my story, and it wasn't just, I wasn't lying to impress him. I was just focusing on all the good. And then also have the comparison of what his childhood was like. And he's a super happy uh, person and so positive, uh, despite his struggles as a child. It just, it shocked me, quite frankly, of how there was this other story to my life that I'd completely ignored and, and never given any attention to because I'd been so busy being a victim of my own story and my circumstances. So that transformed my story into, and, and as I was saying early on, now I look back at my time at the private school and I go, thank God I was sent to private school to get the special attention I needed to learn to read and write. And, you know, to be able to do a degree in my second language. And if I hadn't gone to that school, I might not have been able to do any of that. And so there's something there about what you focus on. And so I work with people on what is their focus and are we forgetting part of our story when we tell it? It's not about lying. It's not about ignoring the bad or not validating the tough times, but just going, don't forget the full picture of it. And working like that for a few years, I uh, then in, in 2020, when, when all the stuff happened, I decided to create a workshop so I could reach more people um, and work with more people. And I wanted it to be about something more joyous, again, not to ignore what was going on around us, but in a way of taking charge of our lives despite COVID and, and to make the most of it. Um, and so I focused on happiness. And, but I also, lots of people focus on happiness and that's, that's great, if, but the word can just kind of drown and what does it really mean? And so I called it the practical happiness workshop. And, and the idea being that's about how can, what can we do in a realistic, uh, hands-on, day-to-day, practical way, how can we increase our daily joy and satisfaction, also known as happiness? And so I do this four week course and it's donation based to make it inclusive. And obviously with Zoom, again, trying to look at the, the positive side of things means you can reach so many more people than when I just had my brick and mortar office in my local town. So I've been able to reach more people, it's uh, affordable. And then we just sit and talk about these ways, like what really matters in life? What is it that makes us happy? What is it that stands in our way of being happy? And what can we do about that? And looking at our stories and teasing them apart and adding to it as well. Um, so that's what I do nowadays and where I'm at with my story. As I said, I still have bad days. I am still a completely flawed human being. Um, but it's about how I deal with that. It's about how I talk to myself when I mess up, when I don't act in a way that's aligned with my values in life, when I hurt people, because I'm in a, in a relationship. I'm still with that guy I met in 2013. Um, great source of inspiration for happiness, but I still mess up. And it's about how I deal with those things 
that's differently from the past. And I still have days where I feel really unmotivated, where the old thoughts sneak in of not being a likable person or not being good enough. Um, and how I deal with that has completely changed. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that's kind of my story up to, up to date. Thank you so much for sharing. And my listeners will definitely resonate with what your story is around how we have our uh, narrative and how we can sometimes focus on the negative rather than the whole picture. And I love your journey and your story from it. Where can people find if they want to work with you and do your uh, workshop? Where is it that my listeners can find you? So I'm at www.canstead, which is uh, K-A-N-S-T-E-D.com. Um, it will also be in the description, I believe, of this podcast. Um, I'm on Instagram and I'm at the narrative coach uh, underscore underline. And uh, on Facebook, there is the practical happiness workshop page. Um, and if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a coach like me, I've also just started a sort of peer-to-peer -peer mastermind that's free um, at uh, Curious Conversation for Coaches, and that's both on Facebook and, and Instagram. So there's lots of ways to reach me if, if you want to chat to me or have any questions or want to work with me for that matter. That's amazing. And yes, as you said, Terry, your details will be below here as well. So if you'd like to work with Terry or get in contact with her, our details will be below. And I just want to say I resonate with you completely in your, your journey. Um, and I think we could have another half an hour session on this, on how our journeys are so similar. <laughs> Oh, on the way that we've gone from myself being dyslexic and bullied etc but this is your podcast and the lovely listeners please and um, if you want to get in contact with the lovely Terry please the details are below but I just want to ask you just one thing if you could leave the listeners with one piece of advice um, and you have masses of information but one piece of advice what would you leave our listeners with i would say to be proactive with your relationship with your mind because i think um we we all know how our bodies work we might not all treat it the way we wish but we understand the importance of exercise and nutrition and lots of us try to do our best but we have such a casual, almost rejecting relationship with our mind and our thoughts and emotional states really control everything. But we're never taught in school how to deal with this, how to form relationships with ourselves or with others, how to have healthy self-talk, um, how our mind works. And it's a lot of us read a self-help book, we listen to a podcast like this, we get inspired and that's great, but we tend to treat our mind as if it's a hobby, something we can, we can fit in for half an hour on a Saturday if everything works out. And our mind deserves daily attention and um, yeah, to be, to be treated with, with that same respect as we give our body. So I would say, go and be proactive on a day-to-day -day basis with your mind and there is so much free information out there from your podcast to youtube to self-help books or 
more costly options like workshop courses, coaches, counselings. So yeah, that would be my suggestion. I love it. It's in alignment with me, which is the habits of happiness. So it's like you've got to make a habit of it. it. So I, I definitely resonate with that. And I'm sure it is what the listeners um, have heard over and over and over again with this podcast. And hopefully having someone with your credentials and your honesty and authenticity, they will take that on board as well. So on that note, I would like to thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and just like to say bye-bye to our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Samantha, and thank you all for listening. Welcome.